time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. And welcome to another edition of Bump and Run. Thank you, Lola, for that lovely introduction. And we are we are very distant today. We are very distant people. I am in Florida, and you are in Ontario. I'm in Ontario. And I am I am Run, and I am Bump, and I'm jealous of Run because he's in Jacksonville <laughs> at the Players, having a great time, yes. doing some great work on uh, for TSN and TSN.ca. Busy, uh, busy week so far, but no, never busy enough. Never too busy to do Bump and Run, and. Um, Let's go through. There's been a lot of news this week. Holy mm-hmm. smokes. There's been a ton of news. And starting off on Tuesday with uh, uh, the FedEx Cup announcement that they're going to go for another 10 years. And that's great because I think it's taken us the first 10 years to kind of, A, get the format right, and B, understand the format, right? <laughs> Especially the latter, understanding the format. Holy cow. <laughs> the first few years was a struggle. Uh, it was people were skipping tournaments. Uh, guys weren't playing it. I don't even think players actually took it seriously all that much and it started right from the get-go when they announced it and they didn't announce a format they just said hey we're going to do a playoffs to so that we can (laughs) in the fall so that we can not go directly against the nfl and we'll announce the details at a later date they were kind of borrowing the idea from nascar right they Mm -hmm. wanted like an end of the season they wanted to have something uh, that was a little bit different, and 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 as you said, have a finality to the to the year. But the system certainly didn't work out that well. No. Um, ev- but I think now it is. I mean, I think now I look at the FedEx Cup standings. It sort of replaced the money list. I still look at people how much money they've won, but I don't really look at the money list per se. And they don't even really make it all that available, to be honest with you. It's not right. front and center like it used to be. And you know now that if you get in the 125, you're going to be in the playoffs and you're going to keep your uh, playing privileges for the next year. That's right. And it's it's the determining factor now to whether you play on on the next right. the next year. Um, so I think the players have embraced it, obviously. Um, you've seen that in the last few years with you know the number of top players that are they're now playing all four events. And right. the top players look forward to it. They talk about it. And, you know, it's if you even go even further, it's made those fall events a little bit more relevant as well because you see players now playing once or twice in the fall where you wouldn't see them at all. So it's, no, actually, helped right. those, it's actually helped those events. It has. Now, that may have come at the expense of some other events because obviously mm-hmm. the guys now have four events in the fall perhaps that they might not have normally had before. Um, but I, I do think that it's good, and I think the next 10 years will be, I mean, it's pretty rich. When you think about the right. guys who win, if they win the Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup, it's like an $11 million payday. And the first first year, I remember it was an annuity. Now, then they said, no, no, we want we want the $10 million yeah, check. Yeah. And I remember I remember talking to uh, Brant Snedeker after he won, and, of course, his caddy is Canadian Scott Vale, and I asked him, I said, so um, did you give Scott the 10% for, for a win? And, uh, you know, I did do okay. And he said, you know, he made out pretty well. So so even the caddies do pretty well in the FedEx Cup. Yeah, and, and, and Billy Horschel gave his caddy a million bucks when he won it. Um, I think it's been pretty much carried on uh, since then. And it's it's now become, I think we're at the point where it's now become an event. And I think that is because the top players are playing. You know, you know, Rory's come back last year to, to win it. And, you know, DJ started off by winning a bunch. And... And, and so on and so on, you know, with Jason Day and all those guys playing well in those playoffs. Um, again, you keep your job if you get there. If you don't, you have to go and go through the web, the web uh, Q school 
to get your card back or rely on a certain status between 125 and 150 etc past champion stuff but it really did it's the really it's the reality of if i do this and i make the playoffs i get to keep my job for those that don't have yeah. that security that's right that's right so and, 10 more years 10 more years and probably more money um and more money for the Might players be, I actually, it was my first time I've chatted with the new commissioner, Jay Monahan, when he was announcing it. We had him on uh, tsn.ca, and, uh, you know, he's pretty excited. He said that they're still, they really haven't worked out all the details of what's happening. They're just going to go another 10 years. Because I said, isn't this going to be, this will be, it's really changed the viewing experience for for golfers at the end of the year with these playoffs. And you were worried, because now you look as much at the bottom of the list as you look at the top That's of the right. list, right? Yeah, who's going to be number one, but who's going to get lopped off this week? Yeah, exactly. And so it changed more... the viewing experience. Sorry, I was just going to say it changed the viewing experience. So I was asking the commissioner, you know, how they if they had any more changes. And he said there's, you know, some stuff they're working on, but we'll, so we'll see what, what they come up with. Right, yeah. And, and, but even that, that just to get into the next tournament, those, those races, and, I, I, you know, the Golf Channel does a tremendous job. Uh, when they're broadcasting it, and NBC and all the partners of following that storyline um, during a tournament where a guy's 105th and he needs to get into the top 100, and whether he's going to do it, you know, he makes a birdie. Oh, now his projection is here. Yeah, um, I, I always thought they do a great job of, of providing that drama because it's more. I think the drama is more at the bottom for those first yeah. three than it is that it or uh, for those first returns that it is for the top because the top guys are going to go if you're in the top 10 at the start of the playoffs it's really hard to not make the tour championship that's right all right now speaking of uh, fedex cup the guy who won it last year uh rory announced a big deal this week he's right. uh, signed on for uh, with taylormade uh no details announced although one report said it was a 10-year deal for 100 million dollars and <laughs> that's pretty good money now, since since uh, Rory um, opted out with Nike, or since Nike opted out of making yeah. golf equipment, they uh, he's sort of had tried a number of different things. And it was interesting in his press conference, uh, he said that one of the big factors that led him to change was actually the golf ball, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. I and did, he, too. And he, he, he thinks this new tailor-made golf ball, the TPX-5, is uh, is really great in the wind, and that's what he wanted. He's got basically a full club, full bag of, of equipment. He will... He doesn't have the wedges or the putter in this week. He's working on the wedges, and they're trying to find a putter that'll work for him. He tested that that spider that Dustin and, and Jason Day have been using, uh, but so far he's going to stick with an Odyssey putter and uh, his old wedges for now. But uh, that's that's a big get. They've got now the top three players in the world for TaylorMade. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, they've just become the uh, top uh, top of the heap with that uh, with that trio. Plus, you go down the list a bit, and they got a Masters champion, an Olympic gold medalist. And yeah. so on and so on, and, and and one of the best young players out there in John Rom. So, you know, Taylor, this is this is huge for TaylorMade, and you know what? You know, it's huge because of, I I think it's huge for the golf ball, right? Because Titleist was is the yeah. dominant golf ball on tour, and the fact that Rory McIlroy pretty much that's the one thing that that I took out of his his little impromptu announcement was that it was the golf ball that did it. That's pre- that's pretty right. crazy and pretty impressive. Uh, for TaylorMade and a kudos to that ball um, that a player of that caliber came over to them because of it. So that now, you know, I mean, I've, I've been a lot of these press conferences and announcements. This one was not an equipment announcement. Like he came in just for his normal press right. uh, conference, and I think they were actually going to announce this a little bit later, maybe even today on Wednesday, a day later. But uh, he kind of let the cat out of the bag, and so he was really kind of gushing about the golf ball 
in a way that made me think that it really wasn't kind of one of those um, setups, like an equipment setup. No, it right. may have been. I may have been fooled. But he really seemed to be genuine in what he was talking about, about how he liked it. Uh, and the golf equipment, obviously, you know, nobody makes bad equipment anymore. It's just right. kind of what you like to get tailored into what you have. And interesting on the TaylorMade side was that the next day, <laughs> they, they announced that someone's bought TaylorMade from Adidas. Yeah. <laughs> For a few mil- few hundred million. Um Four four hundred and twenty five mil. This has been coming for a while. Um, they've been yeah. tailor made, or Adidas has been wanting to unload tailor made for for a bit now, and they went through what is it, about a year, year and a half process of trying to yeah, trying to so. sell them. And there was the rumor that Tiger was going to buy it, and now there's all sorts of rumors and different people buying it. Now it was a New York kind of a, I don't know if it's a hedge fund or mm-hmm. a financial group that that has bought it. It's not an, another equipment company that's bought it. Uh, so obviously they see some some value in it, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see what see what the next few steps I, are in it. But I, I love when I, they I asked Dustin actually... Johnson today that about the yeah. about the sale, and he goes, "You know, it doesn't really change much for me. It's just uh, somebody else owns the owns the thing. My, my equipment's yeah. my equipment. I'm like, there it is, there it is. The, <laughs> asking DJ about the sale. Who cares? Like, why, why would you care? Dustin Johnson. Yeah, why would you ask Dustin Johnson about it? He's uh, he's the least in, involved in that kind of situation. But he had the right answer. Hey, I'm just going to hit the hit the ball, golf ball, use the clubs, exactly, and go from there. Uh, speaking of that, then let's uh, move into the players. That's what we're here for, mm-hmm. and at least what I'm here for. And uh, this is a big event. It's not a major, but it is as close to a major, I yeah. guess, as you can get. I, I guess this is the next biggest. Would you say this is bigger than any of the World Golf Championship events? I, I think by far it's bigger than any of the World Golf Championship events. Um, it's the best field of the year. Um, there's 48 of the top 50 in the world that are there. Um, you know, the PJ Tour has positioned this tournament to be its signature event because the four majors are run by other organizations. This is the PGA Tour's big event. Um, they treat it like a major, so to speak. And, you know, guy, you know, this is, you know, guys have said this is, you know, getting that trophy, that crystal, you know, helps your career. It's a boost to your career. So if you have all four of the majors and you don't have a players, there's something missing. So I think uh, yeah, the PGA think- Tour has built that very nicely. It's it's almost like they kind of had to buy it a little bit. Like it's a huge purse, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big big payout, and it's a lot of money. And they got this crazy golf course um, that some people, well, some people say it's crazy. It's actually a pretty good golf course. Although it's interesting doing some research this week when it first came out. You know, the players did not like it at all. J.C. Right. Sneed called it said ninety percent horse manure, ten percent luck. <laughs> and Ben Ben Crenshaw said it was Star Star Wars golf designed by Darth Vader. So. <laughs> Um, it's got some. It's had some tweaks and some uh, some changes this year. Most notably, the twelfth hole, which has gone right. from kind of a blasé uh, par four where right. players always laid up and then hit a wedge into now one where they might be able to drive it, uh, drive on it. But the seventeenth is kind of the marquee, probably the best known par three in the world. Uh, what do you think about it? Do you think it's a good hole, a bad hole, and do you think it's in the right spot in the rotation of the eighteen holes? Man, I, you know, I don't know why people have this opinion that it shouldn't be where it is um it's not the first golf course to have the last three holes be one of its toughest we've we see other we see other golf courses where that stretch is really tough you know augusta the 18th hole at augusta is not an easy hole now no and either is 17 now 16 is a pretty straightforward par three but but still could still could lead to disaster um you know you got the you got you, there's just so many courses that have tough holes at the end. I, I don't know why you, you know, a risk reward 
where you, a risk reward par five and sixteen, where you can make an eagle, but you can also make a double bogey, and then you can make a birdie at seventeen, but you can also make a big number, and at eighteen you can make a birdie and you can also make a big number. So, you know, I think the I think the fin I think where it is is perfect. It's it makes it exciting at the end that you could have this turnover in the leaderboard and it happened for Ricky Fowler two years ago when he went on an unbelievable run on those three holes um, and, and won Craig a Perks. and Craig Perks Craig as well. Perks chipped in two of the last three holes right. I mean um, I mean and then you saw Sergio Garcia mm-hmm. put you know it was tied for the leader was one up or whatever and put some in the water right I think just so many things can happen. I guess the players may not like it, but I think as far as entertainment value goes, as far as the viewer, and that's what you should be worrying about, not so much, I mean, I know the players are, are the main draw, but but I think if the fans love it, um, you know, and people tune in to watch that hole specifically, there's right. a reason why the Golf Channel has whatever it is, and NBC have like 30 cameras there. Exactly. <laughs> whatever the crazy number. They have a cable cam on there. It's yeah. a reason why there are double-decked uh, private boxes all the way around this thing. That's it's right. because... People love to watch this hole. Same reason why they like to watch Demolition Derby, I think, I guess, to see maybe if there is going to be an accident. But do the players really hate that stretch? Like, do do they really? Like, maybe some do, but, you know, again, if I'm four shots back with those three holes left, I know I can make a... Like, I they should be loving it because if you play those three holes well, you can make up ground. And right, and like there are some some courses where if somebody's got a four shot lead with three holes to play, you're not touching them. Right, or- exactly. I, I I just think that that there's a lot of stuff that comes down the stretch. It's a little bit like Glen Abbey where you've got five, four, five, you know, coming down mm-hmm. the stretch as well. And we saw some some miracle uh, developments over those holes over the years, and I think this one this one though is just. There's nothing like it on Sunday afternoon when the leaders get onto the 17th hole. I mean, you're just, I think yeah, everyone's kind of holding it. their collective breath. Right, exactly. You want to see what's going to happen. So you, you, remember, uh, you remember, you know, Len Matisse sweating and taking a step back and then firing it in the water because he was so nervous. Like, that's sports right there. Fred Couples, you know, water and then a par. Um, yeah. Man, those are those those are that's sports moments. You know, it's that's no right. different than an overtime game in a Stanley Cup final, uh, game seven. You know, you see the nervousness on some of these players. That's that's what's fun about watching sports is that drama that is built um, when you're coming down the stretch. And you know, like the I think the changes they made to twelve is going to be great for the for that round. Um, I'm still not convinced a lot of guys are going to go for it, but I, the, the longest hitter on the PGA Tour, Dustin Johnson, said today he'll probably lay up and hit a wedge. Right. But but Dave, but David Hearn pointed out a good thing. He says, you know, if you want to lay up to 100 yards, there's not a lot of landing area there. Right. They're going to force you if you're going to lay up. They're going to force you into the, into an uncomfortable wedge distance, probably with with more like it's, at 100 at 50 yards. It's it's not a bad layup, but it's a tough tougher wedge shot from right. there. So we'll right. see. Mackenzie Hughes told me today that he actually hit a. A drive, and they thought it was right on the green on the left side, and it rolled right off and went into the water. Right. So there's definitely risk there. There's but definitely at, risk. at but least there's right. a little bit more excitement to it. You know, you're coming off a par five, which, you know, eleven is pretty much a three shot par five. You know, it's not the easiest yeah. par five in the world. Um, so at least you can come off of that with you know a birdie, and then maybe you got a real easy shot at getting another birdie. So it just makes it yeah. more interesting. There's more interest later in the round, so that. You know, when you get to 16, 17, 18, the big finish is, uh, you know, it just there's a build up now, I think. 
All right, speaking of build-up, let's build up to the big finale here. Give me your winner this week, and who do you think is going to be the best Canadian? My winner this week. I think my winner this week is going to be, you know, I know he hasn't, I know he hasn't done that well the last couple years, but I got a good feeling about Jordan Spieth this week. Um, I think if he can just keep that driver in play, um, he seems I've you know listening and listening to his press conference and watching him on all the different shows here, um, he seems to really like the changes, especially the changes in the turf, like the grass and everything. He likes the fact that a lot of the areas are mowed down. He thinks you can putt from them, which is obviously falls right into his strength. Um, so I think if he can just keep that ball in play, I really like Jordan Spieth this week. Um, and my and the Canadian, you know, I'm gonna go. I, I I'm gonna go with Graham. I think um, you know Adams obviously had a couple weeks off. Um, Graham's been playing really good. Uh, he's going to hit the ball pretty much in the fairway most of the time. You would you expect? So I I like the fact that, and I hope. I, I hope that he hits a lot of greens because I think his putter's working for him right now. So he's had he's he hasn't been terrible at, at the players, um, but I like Graham this week. All right, I'm going to go a little bit off the board. I'm going to go with Adam Scott this week. He's um, he's been playing pretty consistent golf. He hasn't missed a cut in 27 starts. That's he's won crazy. here before, although it was quite a long time ago. And uh, and I think he knows how to get it around this golf course, obviously. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm, I think he's sort of one of those unflappable games. So I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with him. Uh, and my Canadian, I'm gonna go with Adam. I think uh, I was talking to his coach Ralph Bauer, walking around a little bit. He says he's hitting it really, really well. And and Ralph always Ralph tells you the truth. He doesn't say he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He's if the guy's not playing well, he'll tell you. So I think Adam's playing well. He's Adam actually said that he's not quite up to where he was when he won at Valspar, but he's pretty close. So um, I wouldn't, be, and I wouldn't be surprised to see one of the he, he or Graham perhaps in the hunt on Sunday. Yeah, afternoon. Agreed. I think I, they, they, their games are good enough right now that they could be there. And it's a big, it's a big tournament for Adam Hadwin because that first cutoff for a qualification for the U.S. Open in the top sixty is coming up in a couple of weeks. And you yep. know, a good solid finish here would pretty much put him in the U.S. Open. Although I, you know, I, yes. he probably is going to stay within that top sixty regardless of how he finishes here. But I think it would really solidify that that uh, that shot and get him into the U.S. Open. And then you know, I think I think he's pretty much in the Open. Um, you know, we've you've talked to a couple of people at the RNA, and they they pretty yeah. they pretty much think he's going to be at the Open. So you know, a four major year for Adam Hadwin would be phenomenal for him. Um, and phenomenal for us in Canadian golf because we, you know, once we've, you know, it's been it's been pretty bad that once we got past the Masters, you know, there hasn't been any Canadians in the majors. But, uh, you know, these, the, you know, we got Canadians that are playing really well. And I found it, I found it interesting. I think it was, was it, was it uh, Hadwin that said the Canadian probably playing the best right now? <laughs> Nick Taylor isn't even at the players? Yeah. That's right. That's what he said. He said Nick Taylor's probably the best player right now of all of them, but he didn't qualify for this week. But um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's great to have great to have choices. It's great to see them all playing well and uh, and and getting their games together. Mackenzie Hughes had a good finish last week, so it's nice to see the guys uh, the guys playing well. We'll see what they can yeah, manufacture here at it, the TPC Sawgrass. Yeah, they've been pretty consistent this year with at least a Canadian, you know, pretty much on the leaderboard every every uh, week, and you know you. You said it so brilliantly in uh, in the essay that's on TSN.ca about 
you know, the depth of Canadian golf and how it's improving. And, and uh, we're really at a nice stage in Canadian golf where hopefully guys onto the main tour. You know, we, we already have three, four women at a time on the LPGA tour uh, pretty regularly with obviously Brooke and Elena leading the way. Um, you know, if we can keep keep these numbers going for uh, for Canadian golf, and we got some good ones coming up. So it's a, it's a good time for Canadian I'll golf. All four Canadians played together uh, today, uh, Wednesday, at the Players. You can see they did something special to speed up play on the 17th. They all hit at the same time, and then they went and qu- and then they went and commentated on their caddies. The caddies take a swing here on the 17th. So we'll see what they can do when they tee off for real on Thursday, two in the morning, two in the afternoon. Uh, good viewing, and we'll keep our eye on that. And um, we will uh, talk to you next time, and we'll we'll f- we'll recap just exactly what happened here at the Players' Championship. I am Ryan. I am Bump. It's one of the best tournaments of the year. Enjoy the golf, and we'll talk to you next week.